welcome to Not So Peter Priest's podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood, and you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. that but your face is saying <laughs> no it's no, no fun. fun she'll be had <laughs> um yeah so listeners just a little trigger warning this is not a light subject it's um it's about abuse so if you have triggers with that then <laughs> dusty's like sliding away from the screen <laughs> but yeah if you have triggers with that then you may want to skip this one um yes just take care of yourselves absolutely okay uh, bye <laughs> i'm like, here am I'm i included here. in that <laughs> um what, that makes me think of um this is so dumb the emperor what is that emperor? The the emperor's new emperor's groove. new groove. Yeah, yeah. Where um, I love the, that movie. It is my favorite movie. And when the one soldier or whatever gets turned into a cow, and he's like, "I I got turned into a cow. Can I go home?" <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, you can." <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're excused. <laughs> yes, that is my favorite movie of all time. I cackle hysterically I the know. entire movie. It's so un- like I feel like it doesn't get near the the uh, attention that it deserves. Yeah, it is the best movie. Like my friend has a tattoo that says, "Oh, I can't remember." It's just a little kitty. I think it oh. says, "I'm surrounded by idiots" or something. It's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. Also, like the when she turns into a cat and she's like. That's my voice. <laughs> yes, that's my voice. <laughs> and I watched Lilo and Stitch for the first time, which was cute. But I, wanted, so, I showed like, it to my boys, yeah. Yeah, but Lilo is like, she's kind of annoying. So, eh. She is. But she's a kid. That's it's fine. She's a kid. <laughs> it's excuse. not really a fan of kids, so. <laughs> I have my own. They're fine. They came from me. It's other people's children, but I'm like, mm, yeah. you're in my, you're in my space. I was just, um, my friend was asking me if I would be a school psychologist, and I was like, yeah, I don't like kids enough to do that. <laughs> like you can't smack them and tell them to make better choices. So yeah. that's a no for me. Yeah. All right, we've put it off. Enough. <laughs> I've been kind of avoiding this too, but I'm just like, it needs to be spoken about. And, um, okay. So first off, so this is from April, 2008, uh, general conference. It was a talk given by elder Richard G. Scott. It's called the, to heal the shattering consequences of abuse. So buckle in. (laughs) Uh, 
so he does give a trigger warning, which I guess is good. But I mean, he's not in those words, but he's like, some matters are sensitive, so and intensely personal, and can take awaken such disturbing feelings that are seldom mentioned publicly. Um, anyway. So then he just dives in. So it is with a deep desire to define a path to relief that I speak to you who suffer the shattering consequences of mental, verbal, physical, and especially sexual abuse. I speak also to those of you who cause it. I will focus on sexual abuse, although the counsel given should help the victims of other mistreatment. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why therapists have like special whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, this is why you, they have training to do this kind of thing. Yeah, like <laughs> if you need like therapy because of a trauma you find a trauma informed therapist mm-hmm. yeah uh, he also may I be aided to communicate understandably so he's like calling on you know celestial Jesus to help him um, <clears throat> and this is back in 2008 remember so alright so he goes into agency moral agency is a vital element in our father in heaven's plan of happiness he understood that some of his spirit children would use that agency improperly causing serious problems to others some would even violate sacred trust such as a father or family member abusing an innocent child since our heavenly father is completely just there has to be a way there has to be a way of overcoming the tragic consequences of such damaging use of agency for both the victim and the perpetrator you fess, your face says it all. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're just not even gonna. He's perfectly just, but that's why there's like children starving to death and right, and the childhood cancer exists and childhood yeah. cancer, uh, school shootings. There's, yeah. um, you know, all these terrible things that are happening. Yet God and God has the power to stop it apparently accordingly but like oh but he's also wants people to have their agency yeah but he's he's busy helping your football team win so you know he's tied up he's tied up he can't stop you know a school shooting because somebody's praying for the Steelers to yeah I can't can't even in this instance like why is he he's saying that he's allowing God is going to allow people to abuse their children and or other people's children Mm um and But it's okay because he's going to be able to fix those children by giving them this divine bullshit. Yep. Uh, Since our Heavenly Father is... Okay, let's see. (laughs) Stay on track, Jake. Uh, That secure healing comes through the power of the atonement of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, to rectify that which is unjust. (laughs) Explain to me how the atonement, which is how we remake our covenants that we made at baptism explain to me how that fixes a traumatized child how 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 in all the teachings about the atonement and taking the sacrament and renewing our covenants how does that help a child who has been abused and traumatized it doesn't it does not it makes me crazy when they say shit like this because there's no correlation to that at all right and there's no like they're not giving coping mechanisms. They're not giving um, they're not giving skills and um, ways to overcome it. They're just saying, oh well, Jesus will Jesus took that on for you, so you just need to eat this bread and water and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, because Jesus Jesus felt what you're feeling, so you should just you know now you're fine because he felt yeah. what you felt. So it's almost it's it. equivalent to me of like just rub some dirt on it. 
Are you bleeding? Yes. You're not bleeding, so you're not, not hurt. Bleeding. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Walk it off. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, faith in Jesus Christ and his power to heal provides the abused with the means to overcome the terrible consequences of another's unrighteous acts. Isn't that disgusting? So you you're hmm, it's putting it's putting a lot of pressure onto the victim instead of on the it's abuser putting everything on the victim everything is being put on the victim because mm-hmm. regardless of if your abuser repents and does restitution it is still on you like say they're gone and they're out of your life and you don't know if they've talked to their bishop or whatever it's still on you to use the atonement to to be fine with what happened to you like right. Yeah, and it's putting so a lot of trauma informed people like okay, so what I do know of it, I'm just speaking of like as a <laughs> not very I'm not trained, but like um Yeah, we're it, not professionals. But, um but, I also yeah. just like a lot if you if you've experienced abuse, a lot of it you don't even realize it was abuse until you're much older. And so yeah. and then you have and you don't realize why you have these feelings and why you have these behaviors. And then once you do realize, oh, it's because like my neighbor abused me as a kid, you know, and I pushed those memories back or whatever. And then um, and now I've got to deal with that for the rest of my life. And yet the the victim is supposed to go and be like, OK, I'm going to overcome these things that this abuser did to me just by going through the atonement. That's what's going to help me. It just feels so. It's, it's like um, platitudes. Like it's just a, like a. It's a cute little way of saying like, oh yeah, everything will be fine with Christ. And yeah, that that there's too much faith involved in that. There's no actual like science behind it to like actually help you. <laughs> yeah, and like looking. Say, let's look at ugh, like a child who's very young who's been abused. They start wetting the bed. Yeah. How does the atonement help them deal with that internal, the reason that they're not wetting the bed? For and that they have no idea why they're wetting the bed, really. Like, no. they're just. They're they children. just know something has happened to them, and this is their body's response mechanism to the abuse. So, right. how do you explain to a seven year old who hasn't been baptized how to <laughs> use the atonement to. Like, it's such an asinine concept that I can't even. I can't even believe that somebody actually stood up and said this to people. Not only somebody, but a revered leader of the church. Yeah. Is saying that's this what shit. makes it worse. They should know better. Like you can't. <sighs> yeah. All right. So then he, he says to the victim, I testify that I know victims of serious abuse who have successfully made the difficult journey to full healing through the power of the atonement. Do you, or do they have yeah. toxic positivity in their life and they crush everything down and they self-medicate and they are like very miserable inside, but they can't show it on the outside because that's not being a faithful member of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he gives some examples that I'm, you know, did they actually happen? I don't know. All right. So after her own concerns were resolved by her faith in the healing power of the atonement, one young woman who had been severely abused by her father requested another interview with me. She returned with an older couple. I could sense that she loved the two very deeply. Her face radiated happiness. She began, Elder Scott, this is my father. I love him. He's concerned about some things that happened in my early childhood. They're no longer a problem for me. Could you help him? Uh, and then he's... 
what a powerful confirmation of the Savior's capacity to heal. She no longer suffered from the consequences of abuse because she had adequate understanding of his atonement, sufficient faith, and was obedient to his law. As you conscientiously study the atonement and exercise your faith that Jesus Christ has the power to heal, you can receive the same blessed relief. During your journey of recovery, accept his invitation to let him share your burden until you have sufficient time and strength to be healed. I'm speechless. I'm actually speechless. Mm -hmm. Thinking about whether this is even real. Yeah. Well, yeah, I... When I read that first, I was just like, wait, so I I was speechless, too. And I still don't know even know what to say around that, because I'm just like, so because she she's like, I'm OK with it now. I've overcome it because I and so now I'm going to help my daddy to not be guilty about the abuse he put upon me. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, I'm all for if it's part of your healing journey to like let go and forgive yeah. and then that's absolutely valid. that's great. That's wonderful. But I don't see a victim bringing their abuser to I just don't see not still as a young child. I think it's still there needs to be some separation from the incident. There needs to be some some self-healing and some journeying. And then maybe at a later date, but to say that she was a young, I don't know. I don't know if I, I mean, I'm, if she was, I'm surprised she wasn't transfigured right there because she's clearly perfect and has nothing else to learn on this earth. Like, I just don't think it's human nature to be that forgiving. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, um, and obviously that's why he's, if it did happen, that's why he's using it as as an example, because it's atypical. Like it's not something that would happen this is not normally. the rule this is a very specific very mm-hmm. rare exception. case yeah. yeah yes except it's an exception to the rule so then <laughs> you ready for this one so he gets into <laughs> our beloved <laughs> satan it's all Satan's oh goody so, it's always all right. satan's fault Um, Satan is the author of all of the destructive outcomes of abuse. He has extraordinary capacity to lead an individual into blind alleys where the solution to extremely challenging problems cannot be found. His strategy is to separate the suffering soul from the healing attainable from a compassionate Heavenly Father and a loving Redeemer. But I thought it was agency. I thought that we could choose. Like, we have the agency to choose. Yeah, yeah. So we we choose, but it's actually because of Satan's influence. Yeah. Like you can't, can't have it both ways. Like, um, this whole thing with Satan is just like, it's, he's a, we've, we've talked about it before. He's like, he's just a tool to allow the church to demonize people who use their agency. Mm-hmm. And so essentially like, um, and then it's also case, an excuse because if they repent, it was because they're not a bad person. They were just led astray by Satan. Like, and mm-hmm. so you have to forgive them because it wasn't actually them. It was Satan's what, influence. See, and I, I think that that's um, the other part. Yeah. You hit that right on the head. Cause um, they're basically saying that Satan, they're allow getting the abuser off the hook by saying Satan tempted them. Yeah. It's the same thing as going to my, I don't know, my dietician and saying, I, I didn't eat the cake. My son pushed the cake into my mouth and, mm-hmm. and that's why I ate the cake. It wasn't me. I didn't want to eat the cake. It just happened to me. So 
I shouldn't which, have to, you know. Which goes count. back to the whole the temple video where she's like, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. <laughs> no, she didn't. She made a choice. If she yes. was a real person, she fucking made a choice because she mm. knew that she couldn't continue what she was supposed to do in a place where they didn't know right from yeah. wrong or had the knowledge. Right. Because he told her to have babies. You can't have babies if you don't understand the mechanics. Exactly. So. Although there's people that know how babies are made. They don't know how gay sex works. I know that doesn't <laughs> make sense, but like. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, don't, they know how the mechanics of normal, like straight sex works, but they don't know the mechanics of gay sex. Anyway. Well, it's probably because they've only ever had really boring, plain missionary which, if that's your yum, go for it. Have fun in missionary position. I'm happy for you. Did you know, digression, um, so the movie uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue, there's <sighs> amazing. But, I um, love that book. It's, so the book was obviously better, but, like, the movie was, had some, it was good. It was fun to see, like, the visual aspect of it. But And also, they touted it as, like, oh, it has sex scenes that are, like, they don't, uh, they're not. They don't shy away from showing you stuff. And I'm like, but then I was like waiting for it. And I was like, that was it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, like, anyway. You're like, but, this isn't even like R-rated. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Like you don't even see booty. Anyway, but the oh, um. So disappointing. <laughs> the uh, I know. And there's a scene in there where they have missionary sex, and people are like astounded that gay oh men God. can have missionaries position anyway <laughs> oh my god i have so many comments that i will just keep to myself <laughs> all right so back to satan um oh goodness satan uses your abuse to undermine your self-confidence destroy trust and authority create fear and generate feelings of despair abuse can damage your ability to form healthy human relationships you must have faith that all of these negative consequences can be resolved otherwise they will keep you from full recovery while these outcomes have powerful influence in your life, they do not define the real you. So if you are not forgiving, if you are not getting over your abuse, if you are not moving on for it, it's because Satan has has a hold of you. So again, it's blaming the victim. Yep. If you are still struggling with what happened to you, it's your fault. you're letting, yeah, it's your fault it's because you're trouble. letting Satan influence you. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Yeah, it's really healthy. Uh, Satan will strive to alienate, alienate you from your father in heaven with the thought that if he loved you, he would have prevented the tragedy. But, I mean, yeah, like, fair. That's yeah. literally, that's a valid thing, yeah. a valid thought to have, especially that's... if you're raised in the church and you're told that your heavenly father will protect you. And then also if you get baptized and confirmed with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is supposed to protect you also and keep you from harm yeah. and tell you when things are right, right or wrong. But then you're getting abused and you're not getting told, ah, this is wrong, or you are, but, like, it keeps happening. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you don't have – of course you're going to lose trust in authority. You're going to lose trust in authority because of the abuser. You're going to lose trust in the authority of the church, and that's what they don't want. But it's – oh, but it's Satan. Satan is doing that. It's not anything to – and it's also, like you said, because you're not faithful enough – Mm, yeah, that's why you're not over- overcoming this. Ugh. Yeah, it's disgusting. 
Uh, let's see. Do not be kept from the very source of true healing by the craftiness of the Prince of Evil and his wicked lies and his big old hunger. <laughs> Shout out to Katie. Shout out to Katie. We love our Katieisms. His big old hunger. <laughs> Um, recognize that if you have feelings that you are not loved by your father in heaven, you are being manipulated by Satan. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so I just want to, I just want to throw my headphones at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, we're recording like a couple episodes today and I was like, they're both like not exactly light. And I was like, do you want to start with the heavy or the not so heavy? And she's like, let's start with the heavy so I can get my rage out. And I was like, it's working now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right there bubbling. <laughs> I feel like I'm wearing an appropriate shirt that says have the day you deserve because Absolutely. you're putting me through this. <laughs> so is that a message to me? Have yes. the day I deserve. Have the day you deserve. <laughs> okay. Thanks for this, <laughs> Like, why do I have this friendship? <laughs> it's like a toxic. <gasps> it's like a toxic boyfriend. <laughs> I'm your toxic boyfriend. <laughs> you just keep coming back to me for more. <laughs> I know, Pat. The other day was like, you and Jake sometimes talk about like really rough stuff. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And he's like. Does he ever talk to you about nice stuff? I was like, yeah, we read books oh. together. And he's like, oh, but okay, that's good. Books too. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, like maybe you yeah. guys should just read like We're a happy, okay. a happy book once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no. those are boring. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, like okay, uh, can we get to some crime here? Like, come on. Murder. Yeah, yeah. Murder. Red rum. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh God, we're fucked up. Oh. Also, little. Uh, I was just as we were talking, because of course I'm talking about abuse, but I'm thinking about other things. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, in the future, listeners, spooky season's coming. I have ideas for spooky season episodes. So, and they won't always be Mormon related. They'll just be fun. So, hold on. They're, they're still Exmo related because we're still Exmos talking about it. So right. Yeah, that's where it is. Thank you. This is why you're. <laughs> well, glad right. they pay you the big bucks. So yeah. We do. Oh yeah, part. I need to um, yeah pay you for mm-hmm, yep your monthly payment for being my friend. <laughs> it's a past due. <laughs> the collections coming. <laughs> you're like Jake. I'm sending you to collections. This is too much. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, all right. So it was Satan's proposal that fathers' children be forced to obey, that there be no moral agency, and therefore no personal growth. So my whole thing with this whole that whole doctrine about it's not, and this has always bugged me, even as a member. I was just like, wait. So I'm at a church, at a school related church, uh, church related school, you know, doing all these things. Everything's forced. I'm being forced to be good. I'm being forced to comply to this honor code. I'm being forced to comply to these doctrines. I'm being forced to shave my beard every fucking day. I'm forced to look a certain way, act a certain way. And um, this is supposed to be God's plan. And yet at church last week, I just heard about Satan's plan. That sounds exactly like this. 
So I've always had a problem with this too, because learning that, you know, Satan was going to give us exact rules and that everybody would be saved. That's exactly what the church does. If you follow the church to a T, you will be saved. That's exactly what Satan wanted. So I, I don't, I don't understand why more people aren't like, wait, what? Like I, when I say that, so like other exmos, they're like, Oh, I never even thought of that. And I'm like, how? I was that was like about one this of the biggest things for me. I was just like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, like we have to follow <laughs> an exact mission, path. You have to follow all these rules. <laughs> and the more exact you are with those rules, the prettier wife will be, you know, that kind of stupid shit, you know. But like, <laughs> but by yeah. all, you know, it's funny, like, as stupid as that is, like, it's the, it's a, it's a microcosm of like what the actual, um, the church teaches everybody is that the more yeah. righteous you are the better your reward in heaven yeah. which i mean anyway yeah yep. all right uh so to preserve moral agency the lord does not restrain individuals from improper use of that agency so he allows like uh i don't know Lori daybell to uh kill be a part of killing her children yeah, because they, they were turning into zombies, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So explain <laughs> to me, because those children were abused, um, how can they now use the atonement if they're dead? Yeah. Oh, but see what they'll do. That's that's the whole loop de do of where they're like, oh, that's where the temple comes in, and we do their work Come for on. them. That's a whole other conversation that's been. On Twitter, it always has yeah. to. I always have to bring it up. There's always got an episode where I can bring up Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, but the there's this one guy in particular that keeps bringing up about how weird it fucking is to baptize people for the dead. It is weird against their own will, and against the will of the people that are related to those people. Like you got Jewish yeah. people, uh, mm-hmm. Holocaust victims, and that are being baptized. Mm-hmm. against into a different religion yeah, yeah. muslims that are ways. being yeah. yeah it's not it's very um disrespectful on a yeah. whole level of saying well we're still gonna do this work for you because we know better than you yeah and i always find it so sorry if my kids are picking up on the mic um i always find it so interesting i think i'm trying to think is it ricky gervais who said it how you were born in America, and so you're Christian. And isn't it interesting how you were born with the right God? You were born in yep. a Muslim country. Isn't it interesting how you were born directly into the right religion, the only right religion? Yep. Like mm-hmm. it's, And I think about that a lot, about him saying yeah. how everybody thinks they're so right, and they're the only ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's... I love that quote, too, because, I mean, it resonates for us because growing up in the church, you're like, we're the only true and living church. And then um, and even like on my mission, we would call other churches the Great and Spacious Building. Like that was or the just, Horror of Babylon. Yeah. Um, especially like those mega churches, we would call them, oh, it's the Great and Spacious Building. But then look at what the church is becoming. <laughs> like it's literally... Yeah, I was on Instagram last night because, of course, I couldn't sleep. Um, uh, Nuance Ho was talking about how now if you look on Google Maps and you Google Christian churches, yes, suddenly the LDS church has a little cross on their Google Maps image. Which for how many years of our life 
the cross oh, was like you, you don't do even not you don't wear a cross you don't, you don't use that symbolism of death of we we focus on the life of Christ yeah and yeah. I watched that video because and it's great because she says it's the what they're doing is they're attaching themselves to Christianity because mm-hmm. they don't and um because they want to be included in that pile they want to rebrand but but then it goes against everything that they're they've been talking about being a like separate. It's the group. whole like, in the, the world, not of the world. Hmm? Which was we're not like that. that book we read. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes, yes. We should do a whole episode on that book, by the way. <laughs> we should. That could be part of our spooky season. That'd yeah, be good. Let's do it. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I was I was listening to it and she like it just blew my mind of how like it's such a marketing tactic. And if Mormon God knew that eventually they were going to need to attach themselves to the symbol of the cross, why did we not for the last 20 years use the symbol of the cross and think out of this like a bad thing? Like I remember being afraid of seeing crosses. Like I had a friend who wore like a gold cross on a chain. And I remember being having like a visceral reaction to that imagery. Mm -hmm. Like, well, and even, okay, so my little sister wants to wear a cross, like, she keeps, um, and then uh, she's, and my, I remember her telling my mom that, she's like, I want this cross necklace, and my mom was like, why would you want that? So, like. <laughs> but in a couple of years, they're going to have in Young Women's that we should wear the cross because it shows that we're Christian. Like, they're going to start playing yeah. into this and marketing this. You can see it coming, that oh, yeah, they're going to start using the imagery. And yeah. Because a big conversation also on Twitter, this isn't necessarily where I wanted to go, but it's fine. But the a big conversation on Twitter okay. is that, like, Mormons – we're going to do a whole episode on this anyway, and eventually. But, like, Mormon Mormons wanting to be rebranded as Christians, and they want to – like – and there's this whole conversation about are Mormons actually Christian? And so I saw another video where this um, – the reason why Mormons don't want to – like – Okay, why there's such a big conversation, like um, a big conflict there? What's the word I'm looking for? That's not the word I'm looking for. There's a big argument, Argument? confrontation, discussion. Um, There's a big discussion about that is because for the longest time, Christianity, Christians, like, uh, have seen the Mormon church as a cult, and they're separate. And... The Mormon Church has played into that and been like, "Yeah, we are separate from you. We are actually mm-hmm. like, we are the true we're living church. We're different. That was always the thing when we're we were the, kids. Remember, quote, unquote, we're peculiar different. people, you know, and supposed to be. And um, and then now we've got Mormons saying, "Oh, but we're like you." And then we've got the thing, the rebrand on um, on Google, on Google Maps with the cross, and it's like, yeah. and now it comes up. Uh, Cara Burrell brings that up, and she says that now it comes up in like christian churches on your search mm-hmm. where yeah. before it didn't come up that way and yeah, so a different entity or whatever yeah. yeah and now um and so christians are i don't know why i said that it's so weird christian christian christians are Christ up in arms them. are up in arms <laughs> because they don't want to be they don't want them included because they haven't been included for how many years like several yeah. hundred you know and and then uh Mormons are up in arms because, yeah, we do believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. So that makes us Christian. I know. And so many so many good Christians can look at the LDS church and be like, oh, that's problematic. 
like yeah they they see it for what it is is that yeah. this is not this is you don't do you don't believe in the christ that we believe in you know exactly. and so yeah i could understand them being like uh-uh she also, mentions, she also mentions that they're, they're pilot programs of missionaries going around in blue shirt, like regular, wearing regular clothes, not yep. not identifying themselves as more missionaries, and then inviting people to a Bible study and then bringing them bringing up the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, this is actually this is another testament of Jesus Christ. So it's yeah. it's a veiled, very thinly veiled. Like we see it because we know what they're about, but like yeah they're trying to fool people into it now <laughs> i saw it somebody in one of my like exmo i'm only in one in the exmo group i'm in and on facebook posted it it was in their marketplace and it said looking to join a bible study group let us know where we can meet and it was a fucking mormon missionary and i was wow. like this is are you kidding me right now like they're trying to infiltrate into other people's already established Bible studies so that they can bring in their own religion and try and convert people that already have an established religion and established group and Mm -hmm. community. I was, I was, I felt sick to my stomach to feel like that's, that's very shady. And they didn't have like their picture was just like a cute picture. They didn't have their Mormon tag. It wasn't elder. So-and-so it was John, whatever. And I was like, that she is that up that they're they're not identifying themselves as elder or sister anymore. Yeah. They're like, first names. That seems to me to be very dishonest. Mm-hmm. I think they're being very dishonest, and I I personally would be angry oh, yeah. if somebody showed up like that. Yeah. Well, and the um, it sounds a lot like Jehovah's Witnesses. You know the way they proselyte too is like they just go out in their Sunday clothes and and it's every Josh you know it's every it's a regular member of the congregation mm-hmm. going out you know they that's just part of what they do yeah we had a family show but up and least... the little boy knocked on our door because they had noticed that we had little boys and they were like would you be interested in coming to a play group with me on Sunday and I was like that's disgusting don't yeah. send your child to like amp up my kids to want to go play with the strange kid while yeah. your parents are standing 10 feet behind you going you know, oh, it was so creepy. I was like, That's oh, creepy. we're busy this week. Sorry, buddy. And close the door. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Anyway, we will be doing more. I was going to gather more information on that, but he brought that up. So that's, it's fine. It's good. It's, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was like on my brain and it kind oh, of. Oh, it's been on my brain too. And I, yeah. I meant to have like all that stuff gathered together to, we gathered together today. Uh, I meant, <laughs> meant to have all that information compiled so that we could discuss it but um it'll i'm in we'll your brain it i just started talking about it Sorry. well the rebrand is huge right now and it's just gonna it continue like it's it started with the change of the logo it is and then it's just becoming more and more and mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to watch because it's like uh wait Mm-hmm. And I literally told one of our listeners on the Instagram page, I was like, it's not the same church we grew up in anymore. Like, it's, No, it's not. Yeah. And it would be interesting to, um, like, in different areas, it would be interesting to see how things have changed. Like, I feel like there are pockets of, like, LDS communities that have not kept up with it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I, especially the ones that are outside of like the the Mormon Utah, bubble, the Utah bubble. Idaho, like my Utah. home ward, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
one that same listener said that their parents um she they were wondering how their parents would um react to this rebrand and i said they're just gonna it's happening so like it's happening to us it's fast but to them like it's just it's gonna be so slow that they're gonna be like eh yeah, this like is boiling totally a frog, right? You're yeah. you don't notice because it's going so slowly until you're it's too late, right? Right. So um, let's see. On that after that tangent, <laughs> it was a good tangent. I love. I wanted to talk about that, but I was yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. That is. Uh, let's see. So we'll get back to the. It's also a way for us to not talk about abuse anymore. <laughs> um, that is. I, I was just scrambling for you know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it actually fit because like it, we were talking about like how the whole moral agency and like how it's mm-hmm. become and how we've um, the church like we were told by you know Satan's plan was that plan the you know you're being told what to do and you're going to be mm-hmm. forced to come back mm-hmm. which is actually what the church is doing and has been doing for decades yeah yeah exactly all right so richard g scott continues with he says the beginning of healing requires childlike faith in the unalterable fact that father in heaven loves you and has supplied a way to heal uh, healing may begin with a thoughtful bishop or stake president or a wise professional counselor. At least he oh, brought I up. Like how, yeah, last on the list. But or... yeah, last on the list. Let's <laughs> let's go to the trained professional later. Only if it's yeah. like it meets a certain level. That's what it kind of feels like. It's like, but abuse is abuse. Like mm-hmm. regardless. And I my my theory is that like not theory. My um belief now why can't i keep words lately today uh what is the word in english <laughs> what is it in english um, um uh... <laughs> my i i just feel like very strongly that everybody needs therapy mm-hmm. especially in the fucking shit show that we live in right now like it's just yeah it's just and it's just getting worse and worse and you need a trained professional and i'm not saying this just because i'm going to be one of those but i'm also <laughs> saying because like it's something that's becoming like vital to our survival to mentally to find these get these mental get work through our conditioning work through um, our abuse work through everything mm-hmm. well and a lot of us who were raised by a generation of <laughs> they're not called boomers that's just what we call them um <laughs> The, what, the Gen Xers, basically, is what we no, were... No, before uh, the Gen Xers, because even the Gen Xers are kind of... I can't even remember. Um, Gen Xers are like the eight, Like, they were... Yeah, weird, like, like right before us. We're kind of, like, almost on the cusp of the Gen Xers, but not really. Because mm-hmm. we didn't grow up with the internet, so we're, like, that in-between... Yeah. That little in-betweeny stage. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but their generation <laughs> were raised by a generation that did not talk about anything. And right. so they didn't know how to give us the proper critical thinking skills, the proper coping skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still kind of in that phase of children are to be seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, I guess because we have more of a global community and we're more able to share information between us, it seems like we are more willing to be open and to talk about these things that are affecting us and not to sit in silence. And so it is definitely... 
yeah, everybody needs therapy because we've had generations of, we don't talk about that. We don't have those feelings. We don't. And suddenly now we need to learn how to actually healthy communication about how we feel about things. And nobody, nobody has been raised with those skills until I feel like recently. Yeah. You know, the, the generations coming out now know how to have a communication Mm -hmm. discussion without. We become more mindful of Mm -hmm. the impacts of those and, uh, that we do have, it's okay to have feelings and negative feelings. Yeah. And, and yeah, a negative feeling doesn't mean you're bad. A negative feeling yeah. means that something's going on that we need to process and work through mm-hmm. and see why. And where before it was, shut up. No, yeah, if no, you're, just, you're mad about something, just sit down, calm down. Don't be mad. Stop crying and get over it. You know, yeah. where now just if my kids pick crying, yourself up by your bootstraps and just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Rub some dirt in it. Yep. Walk it off. Yeah. Where now my kid falls off his bike and cries. I run and I say, let's listen to our body. Where does it hurt? What's happening? And we try to process like, okay, you're not actually that hurt. You're more scared. So let's take some deep breaths and work through, you know. Yeah. I just, yeah. So I feel, yes, everybody absolutely needs therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly Um, me. (laughs) Just so you know, just listeners, just to kind of, I looked it up while Dusty was talking. Um that was it is the baby boomers they're just a really huge generation it's a really big <laughs> one okay from 1946 to 1964 oh okay yeah our parents so, are yeah our parents are for sure so. and then it's gen x after that yep mm-hmm. wow. which seems like, like such a it it's so weird to me because i think of baby boomers as like i don't know obviously they're old but like i just i don't think of like my parents as in that same level for some reason because i picture i don't know yeah but we really i mean it's right after world war ii so Mm -hmm. like anybody that was born at right after world war ii up until 1980 i think what it was 19 1980 is a no yeah well it makes sense because even 1964 because even men that like were 20 during the war could still be having children up until you know, 20 years later, you could still be fathering children, technically. Yep. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. And I feel like Gen X is a really big one, too, from it the is. 60s to the 80s. Like. Oh, yeah, because all that wild rock and roll, sex and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Era. Yeah. All the, well, the hippies all the hippies way to, like, the Pepsi the generation. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, so he says that healing will begin with a bishop, stake president, or wise counselor. Um, if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't decide to fix it yourself. Serious abuse. <laughs> exactly oh, but I'm going to go down to my neighbor down the street and have him fix it. Because he's a bishop he and he'll be able to. Yeah, he's yeah. a vet. It's close enough. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I mean, in emergency situations, I'm sure they could, but like, mm, <laughs> let's let's talk about the reality here. Of like, you wouldn't really go to like a you you want to go and get the best help you can get, yeah. and that's I somebody mean, who had the education and the training yeah. to like, deal with what you're what is going on with you. And I, I grew up in a farming community, so they usually just put down the animal. So yeah, hey, come here, Dusty. We're gonna take you out back. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen those memes where it's like i ordered a 
big, a large at Starbucks, and they took me out in the back and shot me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Have you ever accidentally done that though? Because yeah. I generally go to Tim's, to Tim Hortons, um, and get a large or medium or whatever. And so I've accidentally have said at Starbucks, I've said, "Could I get a grande or can I get a medium?" And they go, "A grande," and I'm yeah. like. Is, is that a, is that a medium? That it's a grande, medium? and I'm like, yeah, just, just <laughs> not the biggie big, and not the super big, just and not a tiny because like I need the caffeine. Just just the in betweenies. I feel and like it's, there's a correlation to what we were just talking about. How we're the betweenies. We're the we're, we we're the grande. I'm the grande. Oh my god, yes. Ariana yeah. Grande. <laughs> I just I just feel like the like the snobbery in the oh yeah, it's, like it's a very grande. Much so when I first started drinking coffee and I would go to Starbucks, I'd be like, I don't know, like, and I, sometimes I play like even still, sometimes I forget like which one is the big one because Grande sounds like the big one, but it does, it's not. But it's a venti. Venti, and then um, just, and so, uh, ugh, I can't. A tall. Yeah. What, what, tall. What language is that? A Grande isn't that French? A, a venti isn't one? that Italian? Like, is the tall the small one? Tall the small. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. No. Tall sounds to me like it's the bigger than the grande. Like I just anyway. And the tetra is the super. There's a tetra. Yeah. Anyway, so usually I'm like, oh, I'm so I play dumb. I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb. This is my first time. I can't do that much anymore. But like when I first was like going there, like for the first like few years, I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know. Anyway, so. So Bruce is like, hi Jake. Oh, you're new. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you ordered a large again. You want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean a? You mean a? See, and I can't even think of it now. A venti, right? Venti. You want a ten? Want a venti? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> no hate buddy it's starbucks i love starbucks i'm addicted it's pumpkin spice latte season <laughs> it is yeah. i haven't had the, i'm gonna have to do that this weekend no, no. i have i've had one I and then have i to won- revoke my gay card because hmm, yeah that's, um anyway. but the apple crisp oat macchiato the what apple crisp oat macchiato girl girl at, at the starbies yeah. okay you, to, let's just stop right now. You go get one, and then we'll figure okay. it out. <laughs> Intermission. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's my like I I'm pumpkin spice girl for sure, but something about that oat crisp or the apple crisp with the oat I milk. Like is apple. Just, I like apple flavor too. So and it's got cinnamon. Oh, it's just it oh, just yeah hits. apple cinnamon. Oh fuck yeah, I'm there. It hits and it's. Am I, am I like a better than the pumpkin spice? Don't tell anybody. Yeah. They're going to take I mean, away my. This is about to go on, you know, <gasps> internet. <laughs> take so. away my basic white bitch card. <laughs> well, it's the, it's a rebrand. So now we're going to uh, rebrand the basic white bitch to the apple crisp. <laughs> it's no longer PSL season. It's apple crisp season. So. <laughs> Like it's still hot out. Even in Canada, it's still hot, and so it's it's more of like a like it's apple picky. Like yeah, yeah we're apple done. Not ready, more- not quite ready for like a heavy fall yeah. thing yeah. yet. Yeah, like, I get that. October with Thanksgiving here mm-hmm. and Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait. <laughs> Thanksgiving is October eighth, I think, this year. Yeah, so. It's oh my god, up. sorry, August. It's okay. <sighs> um, 
Okay, let's see. So I had meant to, let's see. As impossible as it may seem to you now, in the time the healing you can receive from the Savior will allow you to truly forgive the abuser and even have feelings of sorrow for him or her. <sighs> when you can forgive the offense, you will be relieved of the pain and heartache that Satan wants in your life by encouraging you to hate the abuser. As a result, you will enjoy greater peace. While an important part of healing, if the thought of forgiveness causes you yet more pain, set that step aside until you have yet more experience with the Savior's healing power in your own life. So, again, it's all it's all on the victim. Mm-hmm. All and Satan wants to keep from forgiving the abuser. So, yeah. Yep. Um, if you are currently being right. abused or have in the past, find the courage to seek help. You may have been severely threatened or caused to fear so that you would not reveal the abuse. Have the courage to act now. Seek the support of someone you can trust. Your bishop or stake president can give you valuable counsel and get, help you with the civil authorities. But, Except, oh, my God. Okay, I can't, I, that's a whole other, like, screaming, raging rant about the authorities. Because they, they, don't, they don't call the authorities. They yeah. call the church's law office. To mm-hmm. get advice of how to not have to deal with the authorities and, and they to not tell them not to worry about it, not to do anything with it. I, I can't. I can't. <sighs> yeah, your action may help others avoid becoming in, innocent victims with the consequence consequent suffering. Get help now. Do not fear, for fear is a tool Satan will use to keep you suffering. <laughs> uh, okay, so then now he's going to talk to the perpetrator. Uh, re- recognize that you need help with your addiction or it will destroy you. You will not overcome it by yourself. You likely need specialized professional help. I plead with you to be rescued now. You likely have deceived yourself in the false temporary security that you have successfully hidden your transgression from the civil or church authorities, but know that the Lord Jesus Christ is completely aware of your sins. He has warned, whoso shall offend one of these little ones, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Know that even without action by a victim, your act of abuse will be publicly known for Satan will expose you, then abandon you. So wait, Satan wants the abuser, he just wants to expose the abuser, but he also wants the perp- the victim to be constantly quiet. Quiet, well, he wants, yeah, be quiet in their suffering. So yeah, it doesn't... That's the contradiction, is it not? Yeah. Like, you can't... <sighs> The church is contradicting itself? What? This Weird. Is brand new that's, information. Not, that's not them. <laughs> uh, he also talks to the parents. Parents, in appropriate, sensitive ways, teach your children the potential danger of abuse and how to avoid it. Be aware of warning signs, such as abrupt change in a child's behavior, that may signal a problem. And then he talks to the bishops, of course. To judges in Israel. To you who hold the keys of a judge in Israel, painstakingly aware that every individual that is suffering from abuse receives appropriate help. The church handbook and the helpline listed there are valuable resources to guide your ecclesiastical action in coordination with civil authorities. So that's what, that's basically, like, that's it on that talk. But in 92, he spoke also, let's see, his message was a little different. <laughs> it's just interesting to see how it's kind of similar, but at the same time, he's like saying, um, he says in this talk, it's healing the tragic scars of abuse. Um, 
and this was in the April 92 conference. She says, to be helped, you must understand some things about eternal law. Your abuse results from another's unrighteous attack on your freedom. Since all father and all of father in heaven's children enjoy agency, there can be some who choose willfully to violate the commandments and harm you. Such acts temporarily restrict your freedom in justice and to compensate. The Lord has provided a way for you to overcome the destructive wills. So that's similar, right? He also talks about, he says, you may feel threatened by one who is in a position of power or control over you. You may feel trapped and see no escape. Please believe that your heavenly father does not want you to be held captive by unrighteous influence, by threats of reprisal, or by fear of repercussion to the family member who abuses you. Uh, So he does, and then he talks about seeking help. If you are now or have in the past been abused, seek help now. But this is in 92, and he doesn't even mention, like, going to, like, a, like a civil authority, like, to anything. And, um, yeah, they want to continue. Go to your it. bishop. Yeah. Um, so your bishop can help you identify trustworthy friends to support you. No mention of, like, going to a therapist. Um, let's see. Gain trust. So healing begins with your sincere prayer. So that's – he also talks about that. The victim must do all in his or her power to stop the abuse. Most often, the victim is innocent because of being disabled by fear or the power authority of the offender. Most often, the victim is innocent. The victim is always innocent. You the victim is always innocent. You know, unless they're wearing a short skirt, then it's completely yeah. their fault. Yeah. At some point in time, however, the Lord may prompt a victim to recognize a degree of responsibility for abuse. Your priesthood leader will help assess your responsibilities so that if needed, it can be addressed. Otherwise, the seeds of guilt will remain and sprout into bitter fruit. Yet no matter what degree of responsibility, from absolutely none to increasing consent, the healing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ can provide a complete cure. So increasing still. consent? Mm-hmm. So, oh, let's see. Yeah. From absolutely none to increasing consent. You can't consent to being a... Exactly. That's the whole, that's kind of abuse's whole shtick is that it's not It's consent. against your consent, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, as a victim, do not waste effort in revenge or retribution against your aggressor. Focus on your responsibility to do what it is in your, what it is in your power to correct. Leave the hand. Don't hit them back, right? Because that's yeah. not, that's Yeah, not. don't fight back. Just no. accept it and just, just whatever. Just accept it, Yeah. Uh, leave the handling of the offender to the civil and church authorities. That's literally the only like only time that he really talks about civil authorities. Um, in uh, he also goes off about forgiveness. So um, begin with by withholding judgment of your abuser, and the master counseled: love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use and persecute you. Bitterness and hatred are harmful. They produce much that is destructive. They postpone the relief and healing you yearn for through rationalization and self-pity. Self-pity? A victim is self-pitying. They can transform a victim into an, into an abuser. So the, like, abused become abusers, which, I mean, there's... That is true, yeah. Correlation to that, but, like... It's not because they're not forgiving. It's because they didn't get the correct help to work through their abuse, and they think that that's that's how to, to act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, this is, I caution you not to participate in two improper therapeutic practices that may cause you more harm than good. 
They are excessive probing into every minute, minute detail of your past experiences. I mean, particularly, I do agree with that, but... Yeah. Particularly when this involves penetrating dialogue and group discussion. Not the right term of penetration. Yeah, that's not... That's I don't like that. Not use that word. Maybe you should have... This was before... Um, what was it? The he had a thesaurus. 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 <laughs> thesaurus. Oh my god. A thesaurus. Oh. <laughs> what is this in English? I swear I'm like not uh anyway. It's Saturday. Are... You're allowed. You're allowed. Uh so excessive probing and which probing is also another word. Like don't use that um, don't in use this that context, please. And blaming the abuser for every difficulty in your life. But like if it's trauma informed, um, every behavior that you have as a like from as a child abuse victim, you're going to be all everything is going to be informed by that. Everything. Yeah, yeah, they're rewiring oh. how your brain functions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while some discovery is vital to the healing process, the almost morbid probing, probing into details of past acts long buried and mercifully forgotten can be shattering. <laughs> uh, there's no need to pick at healing wounds to open them and cause them to fester. The Lord and his teachings can help you without destroying self-respect. Yeah, but sometimes wounds have infection inside of them and they do need to be drained. So, Yeah. So... So problematic. Uh, there is another danger. Detailed leading questions that probe, again, probe your past may unwittingly trigger thoughts that are more imagination or fantasy than reality. So it's gaslighting the victim. Saying, oh, you didn't really actually. No, that, didn't, that didn't really happen. That wasn't just, as bad as you say it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. They could lead to condemnation of another for acts that were not committed. While likely few in number, I know of cases where such therapy has caused great injustice to the innocent, the innocent abuser, okay, from unwittingly stimulated accusations that were later proven false. Memory, particularly adult memory of childhood experiences, is fallible. Remember, false accusation is also a sin. <laughs> Even if you're, so you're a victim, and if you, you like, your memory isn't, like, perfectly clear, but you're like, I'm pretty sure it was that guy, you know, like the guy did it. And then it wasn't that person. But so you're, there's even more guilt put upon the, the victim for not knowing who it actually was. Stated more simply, if someone intentionally poured a bucket of filth on your carpet, would you invite the neighbors to determine each ingredient that contributed to the ugly stain? Of course not. With the help of an expert, you would privately restore its cleanliness. <laughs> oh <laughs> Ooh, yeah uh likewise the repair of damage inflicted by abuse should be done privately confidentially with a trusted priesthood leader and where needed where needed the qualified professional he recommends so it has to be recommended by your neighbor down the road that knows oh yeah i know about a therapist but this is back in 92 when therapy was still like mm, we don't talk about that Therapy was, oh, it's demonic possession, and we need to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're going to hypnotize you and make you say weird things. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, so that's that's essentially it with that. Um, I just, I thought it was interesting that, like, 18 years, there's only 18-year difference between those two messages, and they're, 
there's similarities, but there's also like still very damaging things. Huge, yeah, and it's the same person. Like that's what. Yeah. Uh, so which one was he talking as a mouthpiece of God, and which one was he just a man? Like right, yeah, God. <sighs> but that just, I mean, for uh, it, it speaks so much to. And 2008 wasn't that long ago, and they're still sending that message of like. And now that they've been exposed, like the um, AP News article exposed all that, um, and you t- you bring that up, and they're like, "Oh, that's been debunked." Me, 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 me. I'm like, "Okay, how has it been debunked?" And they can how never has, say. They has can never AP say the- come out and done a retraction? No, yeah. it's been Mormon people who have been like, <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's that's not debunking. That's you saying like, "Oh, that's you defending the church and also defending the abusers." So, um, but now that that's like, we know what the hotline that he was talking about, the hotline is actually bullshit. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to see how that messaging is still being echoed today. And like, but they're just doing it in different ways. Like they're like, oh, well, now you can go to therapy and like, they're more mindful of like, yeah, go to therapy. But like, it's still not the first thing. It's not the first thing. Like my um my personal experience was I went to my bishop a few times and then I went to my stake president a few times and then finally they sent me to a therapist but the therapist was LDS and worked through LDS services oh, yeah. and was completely biased about how I was supposed to work through my abuse yep. and I just it yeah, it was just really um, not helpful at all. Yeah, because it's the same. They're going to give you the same messaging, even if ethically they can't like necessarily be like, mm, but they're still going to have that bias and be like, oh, I work for the church, so I have to tell you how to do work th- through this as a member of the church. I yeah, can't it was like, all like steps of the atonement. It wasn't like working through my anxieties and working through like. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, like, journaling and then, like, finding scriptures Ew. that, like, compared to, like, how I was feeling in my journaling excerpt. And it... I did a consultation with the therapist here, and um, I was letting this person know that I was – that I'm ex-Mormon. And they said, well, I'm an active member, but I won't let that um, impact our – our therapy yeah she's like the church impacts every single facet of their life there's no way she can say that that's a lie because what she wears in the morning how she does her makeup the music she listens to the car that she drives the 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 decor that she has in her office is completely determined by who she is as a person and that is manufactured by the church Mm -hmm. so that's a bunch of bullshit no matter what they say with that like like you said it's going to be it's going to be run through this filter in their brain of like oh well that's and even she did say like i'm not going to judge you for you know she's like i have lgbtq friends like it's almost like oh proximity is like makes me an ally kind of thing um and then she's like i have and she's like i have my family members who aren't in the church anymore and i'm not going to let that um i wouldn't let that ruin our client their just the sentence of I wouldn't judge you. Mm-hmm. That why is that even coming into play? This is exactly. a therapy situation. That this is not was, was a red flag to me. I was like, yeah. Mm, yeah, you used that little phrase there, so I'm just gonna 
not yeah, the fact that they had she had to articulate <laughs> oh i wouldn't judge you that shouldn't even be part of the conversation because you as a therapist have no place of judgment exactly so all that to say listeners if you are looking for a therapist um please just be mindful of like also there's ways to do it you go to psychology today and you can filter anything that you are looking for um you can filter down to like oh the the mode the mode of therapy like is it going to be um online is it going to be in person you can see what they specialize in uh cognitive behavioral therapy ed what is e emdr um yeah i think so yeah and then rapid eye movement eye movement rapid anyway yeah uh there's people that um, specifically specialize in religious trauma and trauma-informed therapy. So um, if you're, and you are, if they don't offer you a free consultation to talk to them before, then that's, that's a red flag. And Run you away. Should, yeah. And most therapists do. Um, and it's usually like a 15 minute little like introduction of like, Hey, this is how we, this is get to know you. You kind of get the vibe. And, some people have told me to like give them like a month and like pay for like four sessions to see how it feels. But to me, I'm like, no, if I'm spending my money or like, if I'm like going in, if I start like revealing things about myself to somebody, I want to fully trust them. And I know you can't get that fully in 15 minutes, but you can know the vibe of the person. You can know kind of, there are some uh, questions you can ask the therapist to see kind of gauge like their feelings on certain things. But if they already have like this inborn bias of like religious differences, then you got to like, but for some people that's, there's a lot of, I took a class where it was like, com- there's this, um, there's conversation around um, like, is it okay to, is it better to have a therapist that has a different point of view different perspective than you and um there are there's value to that but there's also harm in that in that like they're gonna like they're gonna try and push different things on you that may not feel right to you they won't anyway that was my i just want to plug that and let listeners know that like there you don't have to settle on just one just because like Oh well, I liked their, I liked this about them, but there were these things that, that didn't fit right, didn't resonate with me. Then like those are, um, you need to just, it's not the still small voice. There's, it's your gut telling you that you yeah. are, that there's something wrong and that you wouldn't be able to actually get what you can out of that therapy. Yeah, hundred percent. Listen to your gut and definitely your comfort level and. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Our, our nervous systems are beautiful things. And as ex-Mormons, we are taught that those feelings are not from us, that they're external forces, but they're actually you and your survival mm-hmm. instincts telling you that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so many times we've been taught to override our nervous system and go against it. So it's hard to it's a hard situation to learn to listen right. to what your body's telling you. Exactly. All right. Well, there was that one. How's how are you feeling? Fun. Hey. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> like, you need a Starbucks, but hey, hey. are you gonna get a venti or a? Uh... <laughs> I get a venti. Can I have a large, please? Grande. <laughs> Grande. Oh my God. A train. What is a trenta? Ten. Ten. Tetra. 
Tetra. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go up to the Starbucks and say Trenta, and they're be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just tried to DoorDash Starbucks to my house, and they're not taking orders today, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think they get too busy on Saturdays, so they, like, close delivery. Whatever. Well, at least you live in a place that has Starbucks. I don't. Oh, yeah, I got planes. They have a coffee shop. I used to have one. Two blocks that way, and they closed oh. it. <laughs> My neighbor and I used to go for a coffee walk, so now we can't. It's very oh. upsetting. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, there's a Tim Hortons four blocks that way, so I could, you know, just. <laughs> it's fine. Let's do that. Let's <laughs> go four blocks. <laughs> It's just so out of my way. <laughs> and I have to cut across the church parking lot to get there. So. Yeah, that's ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always like... <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me for some reason. So when I uh, was living in Colorado, I would, I would pass the LDS church every once in a while. I can't remember why. Anyway, but I was trying to get rid of a bunch of... Uh, church books that I had, which now I'm like, I should have kept those because those were podcast fodder, but it's okay. Um, I put them in a box and I had them in, like, I had them in my uh, vehicle for a long time because I was like, uh, and then I didn't know what to do with them and I was just like, oh, there's the LDS church right there. So I just dropped them off at the door and all drove off. (laughs) 